You're listening to Blaze, the go-to podcast for trailblazing entrepreneurs and anyone passionate about doing business differently. My name is Megan, and together with my guests, I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you the conversations that normally happen behind closed doors. We're sharing practical tips, no BS advice, and inspiring stories to remind you that no matter where you are on your business journey, you're not in this alone. Welcome to our community. Welcome to the Blaze Podcast. Hello, welcome back to the Blaze Podcast. I'm so excited you're here for today's conversation. Let me tell you, it is a good one. It was so good that I actually had a hard time picking the bullet points for like the show notes summary when I was writing the show notes. It's just so jam-packed with information and so many good takeaways for you. So today we have on Amanda Bourbonnet. Amanda is a health copywriter and she's also the original health first freelancer. And we originally connected in a mastermind that we were in together. And from the moment I met Amanda, I was so impressed by the way she's built her business around what's most important to her. And in her case, that's her health. But for you, it might be your family, travel, quality of life, whatever that looks like for you, Amanda is going to share how you can keep that thing that's most important at the front and center of your business. And for anyone who also happens to be struggling with their health, whether you have a chronic illness or you're just dealing with stress in your life and business, Amanda shares some really tactical tips with how she deals with that in her business. But regardless of whether or not you're dealing with health issues or just everyday stress, I think this episode is going to be so helpful for you. So I hope you enjoy this conversation on how to create a business that puts your well-being first every single day. I'll see you on the other side. Amanda, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm so excited for this conversation. Hi, Megan. Thanks for having me. So, well, before we dive in, why don't we start with your backstory, your entrepreneur origin story? How did you end up as a freelance copywriter and how did you choose the holistic health field as your niche? Yeah, for sure. It was it was a bit of a dramatic journey to get started, for sure. Um, so I formally, I do have um, a degree in English, um, have always been interested in writing and editing and that whole um, field. Didn't really know how I was going to make a career out of it when I graduated college, like very much just kind of went to school and then was like, well, I'll figure it out, I guess. And I have had chronic health issues um, for since I was a teenager. Um, And kind of after I graduated from college and I was in, um, I had a corporate job for a while. And I had these like mysterious health issues start to come up. And it wasn't super clear what the cause was um, and definitely just kept getting worse and worse. It's a long story, but to keep it brief, I got to a point where I was not well enough to work. I was on really high dose steroids that weren't really helping, lots of various issues going on. Um, And yeah, 2019, I had to quit my job and just try and figure out what was going on with my health. So if after a lot of trial and error, I ended up seeing a naturopathic doctor who really helped me kind of start to get back on track. Still didn't have like a formal diagnosis yet of what was going on, but I just kind of slowly started improving my health through some holistic methods and nutrition and kind of like a lot of things you hear about. So yeah, kind of towards the end of that year, as I was starting to kind of regain my health, I got a part-time job, but I, you know, still in an office and I just kind of 
like it was nice, nice people. Um, you know, it, it was still part time. So I felt like I wasn't like working all the time, but it was still just draining to me and just uh, a huge drain in my energy, just going into an office, um, you know, three days a week, at least. Um, so that's kind of when I realized I need, I need more control over my work life and my lifestyle and um, having those things be conducive to my health. That was the most important thing to me. So that's kind of how I started looking into freelancing. And I, I think I'm pretty sure I Googled like how to make money writing online or yep. something like that. <laughs> Been there. I did the same. Yep. And um, yeah, and that's kind of how I found, found copywriting. And I ended up taking a course on like how to you know learn it and start a business. And I just kind of went for it. And it was truly like, there was no other option. Like I, I knew I couldn't handle physically going back to um, a nine to five job, being under fluorescent lighting all day, like sitting at a desk for eight hours. Like I needed an afternoon nap. Afternoon nap was crucial. Yeah. <laughs> so um, kind of the lifestyle that freelancing offered me was what I was after. So yeah, I just decided to pursue that. And by the beginning of 2020, I was kind of up and rolling with my freelance business. And since then, I've just grown it and been able to go full time. So that's kind of how I started and um, still going strong today. Yeah, yeah, I love it. And that's so it's so critical, you know, when you're dealing with something like that to find a way to adapt your life and your work around, you know, your personal life and your health as well. And I think, you know, sitting in an office all day under the fluorescent lights inside, like you said, isn't great for anyone's health, but that's very different no. when you like physically cannot do it anymore. So what was it like in those early days of starting your business? You probably still kind of recovering health wise. What was that like just starting out and kind of bridging the transition from part-time corporate world to freelancing? Yeah, it was, well, interestingly, at the time, it kind of dovetailed with COVID. Mm. So actually, like COVID for me was a little bit of a blessing in disguise, because I, I didn't have to go into the office anymore. Suddenly, I was like, totally at home, able to, you know, work this part time job that I had, um, but totally from home, like could take breaks whenever I wanted to, nobody was going to notice, um, as long as I got my work done, which I did. And so that kind of, that really helped me like visualize what my freelance life could look like and like completely running my business for myself. So that really, really helped. And that was a key transition period for me. And I should say that kind of along this journey of like learning about freelancing and starting the business, I did learn that um, I have Lyme disease. So kind of understanding like, okay, <laughs> all these mysterious symptoms um, actually do have like a root cause and there was like a, a treatment plan for that and so on. So um, yeah, I think I just really took it slowly and one step at a time. I'm very much a proponent of the slight edge methodology or philosophy, um, which is basically says um, the slight edge is a book by Jeff Olson. And basically he promotes the idea that you take you know, micro choices every day that lead towards your goals. Um, and there are also micro choices that can lead you away from your goals. So I think that is just a way to think about, especially about, I mean, business and health, really, it's like, it's all about these small steps 
that lead you in the right direction. And over time, you know, you, you reach a point where, where you were was unrecognizable to where you are now, but it's just because you've made these, these tiny changes over time. So that's kind of the perspective I took. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think it's so, those small steps do, really do add up. We just had uh, yeah. Luann Jardine on the show a couple of weeks ago and she was sort of saying the same thing about like, you know, the slow and steady approach really does win in the long run, at least, you know, as far as your health goes, it's better physically, mm-hmm. mentally on our bodies and on our minds, like to take that slow growth approach and not always push like full throttle ahead in our business. So right. I think this is such a great like compliment to that conversation. Um, Luann and I talked about mental health first marketing and a big philosophy in your business is general, like health first freelancing. So first of all, I want to know what does that term mean to you? How did you come up with it? Obviously, it's been a huge part of your business, but what made you want to, you know, start sharing that publicly and like connecting with other freelancers? Yeah, so definitely when I started my business, um, I did, you know, come across this subset of people who also had built freelancing businesses alongside having a chronic illness and like balancing those two things. And it just like the farther along I went with it, the the more I realized like this is a really sustainable way to make a living and still be able to prioritize your health. So yeah, I call myself the original health first freelancer. And yeah, that's kind of the term I came up with to think about how I do business, which is my health comes first always. And there's like certain things I prioritize in my day that are for my health and my work is built around that. So it really is kind of destroying the nine to five model of like, you have to be working during these set of hours and only working and no breaks. And, or at least, you know, that's kind of what the capitalism machine kind of feeds us. And it's really kind of flipping that idea on on its head and saying, no, like your health and your lifestyle can be the priority in your life and your work can fit around that. And it can still be fulfilling and interesting work and profitable work. So that's kind of the, the gist of it. So, so good. It's such an important conversation to have. And I love that it really seems to be women that are leading this conversation, if I can make that generalization. Because yep. um, <laughs> you know, some of it does come from the corporate world, the nine to five life and, and all that. But a lot of the you know, traditional rhetoric around like entrepreneurship and starting a business carried over that like hustle mentality. And it was like, if you're going to be an entrepreneur, like I always think of like kind of the startup, like tech dudes are like, you need to work 80 hours mm-hmm. a week and, you know, forget about seeing your family or having any type of you know like exercise or nutrition regimen or all that like work has to come first in the like online business and entrepreneurship space as well and now we're really starting to see a lot of women like you like Luann who are challenging that kind of status quo and like saying actually there is another way to do business and not only has it not like negatively impacted your business but I think it's like a core part of your success as well and it's it's so awesome to see you guys um yeah just bringing that conversation out into the open it's something that means a lot to me as well. My sister has chronic health issues and she works with me in my business and being able to give her that uh, like flexibility, like you said, to work on her own schedule, on her own terms around like how she's feeling that day or week is so critical. And I love the online business spaces opened up the opportunity as well. Yeah, yeah. I love that you bring that up. Yeah, I think your point that it. I am also pushing against that like uh, entrepreneur, you know, hustle and grind mentality very much so. Yeah, I think 
a lot of people get stuck with the idea of like, oh my gosh, if I want to like run my own business, it's I have to work all the time and like I'm always going to be on and you don't. It, you can, you know, put boundaries around that and still have a, a very successful business. Yeah, 100%. And I love the way you talk about this, Amanda. And like, you have this very, I think, evolved and, you know, confident take on it. You're like, this is what I'm doing. I'm prioritizing my health. But it can be difficult, especially in the beginning. Maybe you're newer to business or you've spent longer in that corporate world. Like, to undo, you know, 20, 25 plus years of cultural sure. conditioning and programming that we you know, all go through. So do you have any tips to help people who are, you know, they logically know they want to put their health first, their family first, whatever it may be, but they're still struggling to kind of make that jump in, in their own head. They're still struggling with that mindset of I need to be working more. Uh, do you have any tips on how you did that? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think knowing part of it as far as sort of like a practical scheduling um perspective i think part of it is knowing like when are your actual hours of best work you know yeah. when when are you like the most mentally there you know if you're doing sort of computer work or what have you you know what are your your best hours of like mental focus for me that's typically the morning so i try to you know, concentrate most of my like mentally intensive work during that time. Um, and then the afternoons I reserve for meetings, um, kind of admin work, stuff like that. So you can kind of, you know, bracket your work into these different zones uh, based on when, you know, how you're feeling during the day. Um, so that's one strategy. I also think time blocking is really helpful. Um, if you can just set aside um, blocks of time and and knowing that in between those blocks of time, you're going to have periods of rest. So, you know, say, you know, that you can focus mentally for 30 minutes on a task. Great. You're going to, you're going to block that time out and you're going to do that task. And then after that task, you're going to, what, whatever it is, go for a 10 minute walk, um, have a snack, you know, something that restores your energy. And then you can take on the next task you need to take on. So yeah, again, that goes back to kind of like slow and steady or small steps kind of um, can get you towards those goals. Yeah, those are great tips. And what about, are you a proponent of like scheduling your rest as well or like Absolutely. scheduling those energy? Yeah, those energy giving activities. That's something I hear people say, because I think if you don't actually put it on the calendar, it's hard to make that um, commitment. It's easy to say like, oh, I'm just going to keep working or I'm just kind of, you know, going to sit on the couch or whatever, which not that there's anything wrong with that. But like sometimes it's good to do things that are actually actively going to give you energy, whether that's like literally just getting up and having a snack or going for a walk around the block. Um, so do you schedule that kind of stuff into your, your work day and your work week as well? I do. I, I, I'm still a work in progress a hundred percent. So I'm not, yeah, we always, all are. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not, um, I'm not perfect by any means, but yeah, I do. I try to have a, uh, morning routine that I follow pretty much every morning that sets me up for, you know, that like mental energy. And a lot of, a big part of that is like not looking at screens first thing in the morning. Yeah. That one's, that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Which I know is a struggle for a lot of people, myself included. So I do try to, you know, have at least like an hour in the beginning of my day where I'm not looking at screens. And then, yeah, I always try and make sure I take some sort of movement break, um, if not multiple movement breaks throughout the day. 
Um, and I usually do some kind of uh, meditation or NSDR, non-sleep deep breath um, practice in the afternoons, or I just take a nap <laughs> because sometimes you just need to catch up on sleep. So yeah, pretty much like those things are always kind of sprinkled in throughout my day somewhere. Um, it will kind of vary just based on what I have to do that day. But yeah, I, I like mentally, I know like, okay, these things are going to happen somewhere throughout my day. And then work is is around those things. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And what about like big picture managing like clients and, and larger products and things or projects and things like that? Do you, you know, do you communicate with your clients like in advance? You set up those expectations like here are my work hours, you know, establishing firm boundaries right off the bat. Um, or do you have any tips, strategies there? Truthfully, I just, if a client sends me something, you know, outside of, when I would consider working hours, I just won't reply until I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm working uh, the next time I'm working. Yeah. So in that sense, that's how I set boundaries. Uh, but I've never had like a formal conversation with my clients as to those boundaries. And I have really great clients, so it's never been an issue. But I, I will say the way I'm kind of working right now as far as copywriting clients is I'm really on like a monthly retainer structure um, and I only have two main clients. So that's really amazing in that basically there's some things that are kind of like due on a weekly basis, but other than that, it's kind of, you just have to get all these things done during the month at some point. And at the end of the month, they are due and that's it. There's no, um, you know, revolving like constant deadlines. So if you can make that work um, with your clients, if you're if you're working on a retainer model, it's a really helpful way to go in terms of being able to have kind of the ultimate flexibility within that structure. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great way to set things up if, you know, if you can swing it <laughs> and if you find those mm -hmm. those great clients or if you're a bit more established in your business, you can go out and look for those kind of, I would say, like high quality clients yes, who respect yes. you as a freelancer and a business owner as well and respect like your expertise in working on your own schedule and all of that. Do you have any tips for like, I'm just curious because, you know, with my sister's health condition, so she has like chronic pain um, mm -hmm. and there can be, you know, seasons or, or weeks at a time where like she's got like a flare up and things get like better or worse, you know, it's right. kind of a constant fluctuation. So do you have any tips on like kind of planning for that when you're dealing with a health condition that, you know, with Lyme disease, I'd imagine it's similar. Sometimes you get, you know, flare ups so or there's things you can't really predict, which can be hard um, because there's already so many unpredictable variables in running a business. So yeah. yeah, how do you deal with that? And do you have any advice for people who are also juggling that? For sure, yeah. I, I, I definitely have a lot of systems in place that just kind of run things on their own without me having to, you know, manage them. So that helps. So, you know, it, kind of basic stuff in terms of like invoicing, accounting, that kind of stuff. And then, yeah, I think, as I mentioned, like the retainer model I have really helps with stuff like that. Um, and also, like, I mean, just straightforward communication with your clients during those times, like most people will be very understanding of, um, of, of stuff like that. And I, I do think that as people with chronic illness, we can get our, get in our heads about that of like, oh, I, I need to like, you know, perform at this level, even though I feel like garbage. Yeah. Um, when that is not the case, like you can talk to people and most people be very understanding about that. I will say in my experience, so my 
kind of original chronic health issue um, when I was a teenager was I was diagnosed with alternate colitis. And that is very much a, a flare kind of um, condition. And actually, I did have a bit of a flare up um, earlier this summer. And basically, what I was able to do to handle that, I, I was fortunate that at this point, I have enough tools and resources that it didn't last very long. And I was able to kind of get it under control relatively quickly. But there was like a solid week, week and a half there where I was just like laying on my couch and not doing a whole lot. And I just kind of pulled everything back to the basics. Like, what do I need to get done? You know, like, what is due this week? Just kind of try to pull yourself back into the next thing you need to do. And, you know, because I, like everyone else, like every other business, business owner, I have a lot of big picture goals, lots of other stuff I'm working on. But in that case, I was able to just pull it back to like, okay, what are my immediate client things I have to work on and only do that? Like, no admin, no CEO stuff, like, just get done what I needed to get done. And doing that, you know, I was only maybe working a couple of hours a day, kind of spread out throughout the day um, during that time. And and then, you know, the flare passed and I was able to kind of get back to my normal flow of things. Yeah, just like focusing on that next step and, and pairing things back to the essentials. It can be hard because you don't like it's hard to press pause on those bigger projects. Um, and I think there's a lot of advice. You know, people always say like, don't neglect your CEO tasks and you need to be working on your business and not just in your business. And, you know, absolutely in the long run, you should be making time for that. But like if you're going through a, a hard time with like your health, with personal stuff, like whatever it may be, you're just really like low energy. Like it is okay to press pause temporarily on that other stuff and just concentrate on the must-dos, which a lot of times is just client work and working in the business to keep things running without, you know, prioritizing that CEO time. So I just want to say if anyone, you know, if you feel bad because you've put your quote-unquote like CEO projects on hold, that is totally okay. And something else I want to say that you mentioned, like, you know, communicating with clients. I've been on the other side of that where I've had, uh, you know, contractors or people say to me, like, hey, like I know we were supposed to, let's say like have a call or whatever it is that afternoon, but they've, you know, got a migraine or something and they can't make the call and they feel like so bad about it. I just want to say as someone who's been on both sides of that, like on the receiving end as well, there is absolutely like zero, zero judgment, zero like, you know, I'm not, I've never once been upset with someone for saying something like that. And if they are upset, if they have a negative reaction to that, then you don't want that person as a client. So just yeah, keep that in mind. You can really tell a lot about someone by the way they respond to something like that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and same here. I have contractors that I've worked with and um, yeah, if anything comes up, I'm just like, I totally get it. You don't have to explain anything to me. Yeah. And I will say like, as, as far as um, dealing with those more difficult times as well, if you can lean on other freelancers to help you with your work, or if you have contractors, um, if you're able to outsource some of your work, that can be really helpful. Um, I know not everyone has the ability to do that, but it definitely, um, it's definitely been a strategy that I've used and has been really great. Yeah, absolutely. Working with, you know, whether it's a junior copywriter, service provider in that type of business, or, you know, a VA, if you are financially able, obviously that is a, you know, a privilege to lean on people like that, but also just having community around you of other business owners, because yeah. if you are not able to work for whatever reason, you can always refer someone out or lean on your network in that way. It's not just, 
you know, it doesn't have to be an employee or someone that you're paying, but just having those connections so you can, you know, send your client somewhere else where they can find the resources or the help that they need. 100%. So I want to talk about, you know, we talked about the business side of things. What about on the just personal balancing life and business side of things? Do you have any tips for like living well with chronic illness? Any habits? You mentioned breath work, um, meditation, like what's something you wish people would try like that maybe they haven't tried before? Any ideas you want to share? Oh my goodness. I'm so ready. Let's hear it. Oh, so many things. <laughs> well, I would say let's go, let's go a bit practical here. If you are not kind of aware of your gut health, I think that is a really important place to start. I'm sort of hyper aware of that because of my history with ulcerative colitis and everything. But truly, I think I've learned so much about holistic health and that space since I kind of got into this whole thing. And it's true, like everything really does go back to your gut. It's the second brain. It has its own nervous system. Um, it connects your your gut to your gut and your brain are connected by the vagus nerve, um, which is so important for like uh, managing stress and anxiety if you're someone who's prone to that. So um, I would say if you're kind of interested and you you don't know where to start, gut health is a great place to start. Just start doing some research about the microbiome. And like, if you do have gut issues, yeah, looking into like, you know, if it's foods that are triggering you, if it's stress, I think stress is such a huge thing that people don't think about enough because um, we just kind of see it as part of our lives at this point. And it is, but also you have to be uh, more cognizant of how it's affecting you on a daily basis. And are you operating from uh, fight or flight constantly, or are you able to find um, real relaxation, real kind of peace and quiet uh, mentally and physically? And, um, you know, unfortunately, that doesn't come from watching sports on your couch or um, watching like stressful horror films or something like that. Just because you're, you're sitting around, it doesn't mean you're relaxed. It doesn't mean you're in a place of feeling like centered and grounded. So yeah, those are a few things I would point out. Also, I, something I just really believe in more and more as I get older is the power of nature and just being able to get outside and yes. unplug from any distractions and, um, you know, like take a walk, listen to the wind through the trees, be near a body of water if you can find one. Um, really being present outdoors has been a huge, a huge practice for me as well. Yeah. So, so many good tips. There's so many things I want to touch on. Let's start with the, we'll go back to the gut and brain connection first. Sure. It's, it's such a, a huge topic. Obviously we can't cover it all in one podcast episode, but I remember like when I was studying pre-med university and the first time I kind of heard of this and learned about that connection and the nervous system and the gut, my mind was just like, blown. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, whether you're dealing with a, a physical or mental health condition or just stress in general, like you said, which I think most people are on some level, are there any resources you would recommend like, you know, books, podcasts, um, like experts on that topic if people want to dive a little deeper on that? Start learning about, like if you're going to go down a research rabbit hole, just start looking into the gut-brain axis and the vagus nerve. I think the vagus nerve is huge and something not a lot of people know about. 
Hey friends, I hope you're having as much fun listening to this episode as I did recording it. I'm pressing pause real quick because as of this recording, it's late fall and I am now booking my last few copy projects of 2023, which is crazy. I don't even know where the year has gone, but if you want to kick off next year with a bang, if you want to hone in on your messaging, give your website a makeover, or finally get that new funnel up and running before the new year starts, now is the time, my friends. So I have got space on my calendar for just two more Copy Party VIP weeks. The Copy Party is exactly what it sounds like. It's where we put the fun back in funnels and you get to sit back and relax while I serve up a research-backed sales page or email sequence copy in just five days flat. So the link is in the show notes for more details, or you can inquire directly on my website if you already know this is something that you need, or if you just want to have a chat and see what your options are, talk about another type of project, you can shoot me a DM on Instagram at copybymag. All right, now back to our conversation. But yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Actually, the so the vagus nerve is longest nerve in your body. It connects your brain down to like most of your central organs um, and down through the gut. And that actually like understanding that connection and tapping into that connection more really ended up being quite pivotal for my health. And it's almost one of those things where like it helps to change your health just by learning about it, which sounds crazy. But it is like, it's something about integrating the information of like, oh, okay, like this, this nerve is connecting my whole body, basically. And you have the ability to regulate it through breathing techniques. Basically, it's um, in charge of your parasympathetic nervous system, which kind of brings you back into a rest and digest mode as opposed to fight or flight. Yeah. So that's kind of where you want to be living most of the time and just kind of like almost visualizing that connection really helps me. And yeah, I think breathing practices are really great for the vagus nerve. Um, it could be as simple as like two breaths in one long breath out. Um, if you've heard about that technique or just kind of intentionally focusing on your breath, um, those are definitely huge. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I think, you know, something you said earlier, a lot of us think stress is just like a necessary part of life. And you know, it is to a certain extent, obviously, it's inevitable, you can't avoid having any, any stress in your life. But I think so many of us spend more time than we naturally should be in that fight or flight mode with our sympathetic nervous system kind of firing on all cylinders instead of sort of a rest state. And -hmm. I think it's important to make a distinction for people, like you said, just because you are laying on the couch and like physically relaxing doesn't mean your your mind is and I think as business owners, especially like the there's always, you know, there's always something else to be thinking of. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think meditation, getting out in nature, those are both great practices to incorporate into like your daily or weekly routine just on a regular basis to kind of reset that and come back to yourself. Yeah. And I will, um, if you're someone who's like reluctant to do the meditation thing, I'm totally there with you. <laughs> I was not on board at first. But I do really find uh, guided meditations are very helpful. And um, I love the great meditation channel on YouTube. Um, they have a lot of just like short 10 minute guide- guided meditations. The woman's voice is like super soothing and calming. They play this like lovely music. Um, and there's there's a million of them for, you know, any kind of focus that you want to choose. 
So that's a great place to start. I also do love NSDR meditation is kind of something I've more recently um, delved into. And I kind of think of it as like, it's more like a guided nap than a meditation almost like you're, sign me up yeah right you're so you're 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 supposed to be like laying down super comfortable like get your blankets get cozy and then it just kind of slowly takes you through some like body scanning and a little bit of breath work and then like if you fall asleep you fall asleep so it's it's very beginner friendly i would say as far as meditation goes and um, it does really help, I think, to kind of calm your mind and kind of replenish that rest that you need uh, during the day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Something else I love as someone who is a bit meditation resistant, we'll say, I just naturally, and one of those people have a very hard time sitting still and also yeah. quieting the mind, which obviously comes with practice. And that's not necessarily the point of meditation I've learned isn't you know, to just sit and not have a single thought. Um, But something I've enjoyed is those, like you said, the meditations where it's almost like more storytelling or guided than just focusing on your breath. So, you know, the Calm app has great ones where it's like you're walking through a forest and you you sit down and now you're you're petting a dog. And I'm like, for me, I find that much more effective. So if you're someone who's tried the kind of traditional meditation and you didn't vibe with that, maybe try something a little more guided or story focused or like the sleep meditation meditations. Like Amanda said, I think that's a great place to start. Yeah, I love that. I'm the same way. I'm like, my brain always wants somewhere to go. So if you can give me kind of a visualization, I'm all about that. Yeah, give it a direction for sure. If you have that restless energy, you can still use that, but channel it a little more productively. Yeah. Okay, so I want to talk about, you know, we talked about the slight edge to success and slight edging Mm -hmm. your way there, you know, the slow and steady approach. And that's something you are not just talking about, but practicing in your own business as you're transitioning from, you know, freelance copywriting to also now on the education side of things um, and growing the Health First Freelancer brand. So what has that transition been like? And, you know, what are you working on behind the scenes? Tell us about it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm uh, building the Health First Freelancer course, which is going to teach you how to um, build a profitable freelance business around your health and being able to prioritize your health. So basically doing what I did and trying to make it um, accessible for more people, especially people with chronic illness. And yeah, I will say that uh, I've been kind of slowly and steadily working on this now for I mean, basically since the start of this year, um, maybe February, kind of is when I started to take it seriously. And it's definitely not all been like a consistent journey, very much like ups and downs as it kind of goes in business. But yeah, I, I kind of just try to focus on, you know, if I have an hour, uh, if I have half an hour, just like, what can I do? And And sometimes it's just kind of like, diving down some research rabbit hole that I need to look into for, you know, 30 minutes or just like setting up some small tech thing that I need to get started on. And it's truly just kind of stacking those things together. And that's how progress is made. So yeah, it's a it's been a slow and steady build so far. And uh, I'm excited to keep developing it. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely something to be said for the slowly chipping away method, especially, you know, creating a course and a program like this is a huge undertaking. And I think there's a temptation 
um, all of us have, myself included, too, where we have this idea and we're, like, really excited about it because obviously this is something mm-hmm. you're really passionate about and excited to get out into the world. You're like, I want to get it out as soon as possible. Yeah. That's my natural instinct is, like, I have to create this thing and I'm going to do it all right now. And so I really admire your commitment to the, the steady and slow process because I think you end up with, you know, a more thoughtful and intentional product like end product and also it's much kinder on you and your nervous system along the way so I love the chipping it away model that's how I created this podcast as well it was the same thing those small increments of you know 20 minutes here an hour there they add up yeah yeah especially when like you know I know like okay I still have to get my client work done still have health things to take care of like I still have my priorities set up in my business and um you know this is I'm working on making this more of a priority but, you know, it is still kind of slowly building it. And I think also, you know, once I decided I wanted to make this happen, I was okay with it taking a long time. Like I just decided like, this is something I want to do. And it's okay if it takes me a year, 18 months, two years, however long it takes to build, like I'm committed to doing this. So however long it takes, it takes. And that is in service of myself, my health and creating the best, um, you know, platform course product that I can create. So I, I do think that is helpful, like, in whether you're building a business, you know, starting a new project, whatever you're doing, if it's something that you're really passionate about, and you just kind of decide that it's going to be a part of your life and a, a priority for you, you know, then you'll get there. And it's okay to take your time. Yeah, that's a huge mindset shift. And I think probably something a lot of people need to hear as well. We all have those projects that are kind of like on our heart for a long time. And it can be frustrating when you're like, I said I was going to do this thing or I've been kind of daydreaming about this thing I'm going to do for months, in some cases years. It can be kind of, you know, not like disappointing, but frustrating like that you – you know, it can be hard on ourselves that I haven't done that thing yet. So I think just making that shift that it's like, no, I am committed to this. It might be taking longer than I initially expected or planned for, but I know I'm going to do it. And just having that like faith and confidence in yourself that no matter what timeline it happens on, it is going to happen. And just keeping that, yeah, exactly. that kind of faith and commitment along the way. What would you say to someone who is struggling with that? They're like, I have this thing, I've been working on it for years and, you know, I'm not there yet. Like, what can you say to someone other than, you know, the advice to just be patient? Because I think that's something a lot of us struggle with asking for a friend. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think one thing I would say is try and take a step back and realize how much you're already doing. Ooh, that's good. Think about all the things you do in your life. Like for me, it's like taking care of my health, running my, you know, my freelance copywriting business that's like already existing. And like, you know, maintaining my relationships with my family and friends, maybe it's maybe you have a home and you're taking care of your home. Maybe you have pets, you're taking care of your pets, like really look at like try and zoom out and really look at all of the things that you're doing already in your life. And now you're trying to add on this other thing to it. Like you're already a boss. You're already killing it. There's already so much that you're succeeding at. And don't beat yourself up about trying to add this other thing in. You can do it. Just realize that it's about those small steps and um, you can't be expected to put all this pressure on yourself to get it done in X amount of time when you're already kind of focusing on all these other things as well. And those things are important things. 
um, you know, from your health to your family to your business, if you already have one, whatever, whatever it is in your life, there's, there's a lot going on always. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you have the capability to do it. Just don't be so hard on yourself. Oh, such good advice. I mean, I love that. It's such a huge perspective shift because a lot of times we're so focused on the business side of things that we forget all those other areas of our life. And, you know, just things like maintaining your health and relationships, that takes time. Like that's a huge chunk of time. Like you said, if you've, you know, if you've got pets or children, like if you're a a mother listening to this, you are keeping human, multiple humans alive, (laughs) keeping, keeping a household running. Like so many women I know, especially again, not to generalize, but I think a lot of women take on so many responsibilities in different areas of their lives. Um, They're trying to be a good friend, a good mother, sister, business owner, employer, CEO, like all of these roles we take on. Uh, It's easy to discount the non-work-related ones sometimes, but the time, you know, to work on these passion projects that has to come from somewhere and so I think just getting honest with yourself and saying actually I am you know kind of fully committed to my life or to other areas of my life right now and and that's okay to just fit in this project you know in those small increments kind of around the rest of your your life if that's what season you're in absolutely yeah and I think also what what can come out of that exercise is if you realize from doing that, that like, wow, actually, I'm doing a lot, maybe I'm doing a little bit too much, you know, then looking at are there things that you can delegate, um, and have other people help you with whether that's family obligations, or, um, or in your business, and maybe doing some kind of uh, reorganization around some of those things in your life right now will open up some space for you to work on that project and have a little bit more space to think about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The alternative is maybe you find you're spending your time on things that aren't that important to you and don't Mm -hmm. align with your values, whether that's like, you know, on social media or on your phone, or if you're like, actually, it's not that important to me, you know, to have a perfectly clean house. Why am I spending all these hours every week on it? Or like these things that you realize maybe aren't the most important if you're also considering that passion project and it's something you want to you know, devote more time to, then consider like, what are you going to give up and what's not as important as getting this done? So that's really great advice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I mean, if someone wants to hear more about the Health First Freelancer, if they're intrigued by the idea of this course and around building a business that puts their health first, where's the best place for them to kind of stay in the loop on what's going on there? Yeah, 100%. So you can follow me on Instagram at Health First Freelancer. I'm definitely not the most consistent Instagram uh, poster, but I I am on there often and I love to answer DMs. So if you want to reach out to me, please do. Um, And I'll be in stories as well. Otherwise, you can sign up for my email waitlist. So there will be a link to that page. And um, I'm really excited to start uh, communicating to some people through email and even get some feedback um, on some of the original, you know, course modules and stuff like that. So if you're interested at all, please sign up. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to chat with y'all. Yeah, I will put all that info in the show notes so people can go and find it. But I think it's a great place for people, even if you're just curious and you're like, oh, I want to hear more about this. It's going to be some great content, especially for free on the email us and on Instagram. So make sure you connect with Amanda there. All right. Are you ready for our bonus round hit me all right okay so as you know our email community is called savor and celebrate so amanda what's something you are savoring right now i am savoring 
I would say so uh, it's currently September 13th when we're recording this so definitely the kind of uh, summer to fall transition here where I am so yeah I am definitely savoring that and like we're in this great in between right now where it's not cold yet um, and I'm in Wisconsin so it will be getting cold <laughs> but um, but the you know the summer uh, heat is cooling off and it's just a really beautiful time so I'm definitely savoring that right now. Yeah, yeah, it is here in Ontario as well. We finally lost the summer heat, and I am just, I am living for this fall weather. I'm so ready yeah. for spooky season. Right? <laughs> oh my gosh, I can't wait. Okay, so what is your favorite way to celebrate an accomplishment? Probably taking time off. <laughs> uh, I've definitely done that in the past where if I hit a big milestone in my business, um, you know, after kind of those slow and steady tipping away at for a while, I definitely uh, reward myself with a day off and I can just go go outside, take myself down to the lake, spend time with friends, whatever it is my my heart and soul are needing. So, yeah. Yeah, that's a good answer. Stepping away. Stepping away. Yeah. What do you actually need in, you know, sometimes it's to actually go out and celebrate and sometimes it's like, I'm going to sit in silence and... <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, I'm nothing. definitely like, I'm not like a partier. So my my idea of celebration is probably a little bit more introspective than most people. Oh, that's okay. You want to hear something really sad? My idea of a celebration is going to the library and picking, yes. out, new, picking out new books. So I'm right I there it. with you. Yeah, I love it. That's perfect. That's my reward to myself after a hard work week is going to the library. Okay. And then what is a win that you've celebrated recently? Um, I'm actually going to go back to that flare I had um, earlier this summer. I, you know, it wasn't fun while I was in it, but I was just so grateful to have experienced that and experienced getting myself out of it, essentially, in like record time. Like, if I look back on my, you know, whole health history, and especially when my, my gut was at its worst, like kind of when I was a teenager and um, it was just like a constant struggle trying to figure out how to kind of put that in remission. And yeah, I, I really was able to do it in like a couple of weeks. And I was just like, wow, I, I've come such a long way. And um, I'm so grateful to be at this place where I'm fully in charge of my health. And I have the, the space and the tools to be able to uh, focus on it when I need to and restore it to good standing. So that was definitely a huge celebration. Yeah, that's, that's a huge win. Congratulations. You should definitely be proud of that. Awesome. Thank you so much for this conversation, for sharing your story and all of your incredible tips. I can't wait to hear more about the course coming soon. Yeah, thank you so much, Megan. Hey Trailblazer, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help spread the word? Share it with a friend, tell your mastermind group, take a screenshot and post it on stories. I'm at copy by Meg on Instagram. If you want to tag me or just come say hi, I would love to hear from you. Until next time, remember fortune favors the bold, but success favors the stubborn. Keep going, girl. You got this.